1: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi
2: takes Messi has got it!
1: From Lionel Messi, to Marta, to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. And what a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe. From Zlatan Ibrahimović's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair.
3: What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the proud podcast of the BoomTownHoops.com. Make sure you check out BoomTownHoops.com for all of your NBA and Thunder needs. Join the Discord while you're there because it's awesome. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got along with me a whole squad today. We've got Taylor from T-Town. Three woes. Free Woes. <laughs> We've got Justin from Dallas.
2: Well, hello, everybody.
3: We've got Nick, also from Dallas. It's
4: only the 133rd consecutive podcast in which I was introduced. Last, how's it going, guys?
2: <laughs> we saved the best for last. Aw,
3: yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen, how's life?
5: You know, hanging in there. We what have was basketball a good weekend?
2: news. That's what makes life good right now.
5: That is fair. It was Jacob mentioned this like in our Discord. So join the Discord friends, um, and even our, our like personal uncontested Slack. But uh, it genuinely it's just like so nice to be able to get on a social media platform and not be filled of so like much so much divisiveness and like hate. And just be, being able to see basketball and fun things like the Thunder. You know, having actual content to talk about. Um, seeing Darius reel on fish, you know, it's, uh, it's been fun.
3: <laughs> Definitely. I, uh, not, not to kill the mood of the pod like three minutes in, but <laughs> I did post on, on Twitter the other day, like, and you guys know this cause we talk pretty often, but, um, I mean, throughout the whole COVID pandemic, I've had like incredibly bad anxiety. My depression has been really bad. I've been kind of just hiding in my bubble and, and just trying to make it day by day really, you know, and, to to the past week, being able to get on Twitter and it not just be this hellscape of, hey, we're all gonna die and COVID is awful and America shit the bed and not all, if you don't die from COVID you're gonna die from the race war and all this stuff, but like just to get on and see stupid shit like B- Darius Baisley reeling in a fish <laughs> and Steven Adams <laughs> talking about lasagna exactly DJ, right now like the, those those things like it's not normalcy at all. Yeah. Nothing is normal right now, but those little pockets where I can get on twitter.com and not you know, get this crippling mm-hmm. anxiety and fear and just exactly. get on and just kind of cut loose for a little bit. It's been a, a breath of fresh air I for sure. I didn't
2: realize how much I missed it until I saw the picture of Chris Paul and SGA at practice Yeah, like with, with the headband right? on their face. I was like, "Dang it, this is I I love this team. I've missed this. It's so nice to have it back. It really, uh, like you said, Jacob, it's not normalcy, but it definitely helps.
3: Definitely. I mean, the last time I felt like this was, I mean, I don't know. I So I don't know if you guys remember this. I had, we, we have a calendar where we split up who does what post-game podcast. Yep. Yeah. And I had March 11th for yeah, Thunder Jazz. True. Yep. And yeah. I remember I had gone to the gym that night. Uh, last time I've been to the gym in quite a while and, uh, and came home and I had eaten showered and I was sitting down and getting ready to watch and cover that game. Uh, and that night was the night that everything kind of devolved, you know, and ever since then, twitter has been a great place for news and to, to keep up with stuff, but you get sucked into that spiral. Yeah. And, and it just, for, I think for a lot of people, it just becomes a, a mental health cesspool what, you
5: right. know i actually was uh, i went out to my parents on saturday and was hanging out with them and we were actually having this conversation uh, just to take us even further down the rabbit hole but you know these are important conversations to have right now and so i hope our listeners find that to kind of be um just something that they can relate to so i think it is important for us to have these kind of conversations but our our news that we get that we receive especially On television, and I'm not saying you know either party necessarily. I'm talking all news channels on TV essentially are politically biased, or that the news is is very filtered to a certain extent. And so, for me personally, I feel like the only way I'm able to get accurate information is through all this. uh, Ever since, like you said, Jacob, really mid March has been to go on Twitter. But you go on Twitter, you get that unfiltered information, and it's just and you see all the comments and the replies and the, the divisiveness, and it's just. Um, it, it is. It, it's It's hard to, it puts you in a bad mood. Um, it, it's frustrating. Um, it makes your anxiety spike. And, um, but it's so sad because, like, that's really the only place right now that we can go to get unfiltered, accurate information. And so it's really kind of a. Um, it's a double edged sword, yeah, for right? Sure. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause the flip side, you get conspiracy theories and Pizza Gate and Wayfair. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some absolute oh, nonsense uh, but on that note should we talk some basketball hey, Some fun stuff because we can and that's beautiful okay
5: shout out speaking of t- the twitter timelines and, and bringing some positivity to the timeline how about the uh, nba bubble twitter account that thing has dude, been I, awesome dude
3: if so we're gonna get into this here in a little bit but let's just start off just right off the t let's just get it going who do you think runs that account? Are are is is oh, this a player? i about this. Is it a media member, or is it just some asshole with so much time that they're just perusing Twitter? And because I mean, all the players are tweeting at it. Yeah,
5: you know, it's it's woes during his suspension here, dude, here in that's, a week. That's my favorite theory. Here in yes. a week, it's just it's gonna go dead because woes is gonna be back.
2: Dude, so when oh, I yeah. when I first saw it, uh, I'm trying to remember who I saw somebody retweet it. I think it was LeJethro Jenkins. And when I hit follow, there was like 650 followers or something like that. And then I looked again the next day and it was like 12,000. And I can't remember. I ever wish that would remember. happen with at the underscore uncontested. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> we should have got, uh, got
5: in on this idea.
2: But like, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a Twitter account blow up. So much, and yeah. just kind of take over. Like everybody's following that. It's at
5: fifty-five
4: thousand followers. <laughs>
2: That's
5: yeah. crazy.
3: And a lot. I mean, amazing. it's a, it's a lot of top-tier people. Like the players yeah. are following it. Yeah. The media is following it.
5: Players are responding to it, and, like sending yeah. in information. Exactly. Like Tiber, he like replies. Which makes it. me
3: <laughs> makes me think that they know who's running it. You know, because I don't think they point. would just be doing this with, you know, Joe Blow who's sitting at
4: home. Dude, I don't know. They're pretty bored. That's
2: what I was. <laughs> That's thinking. Fair. Like. I don't know. I could see, I could wholeheartedly see somebody just a random person doing that. Like this is different, but look at like worldwide wab, like the following and the command that he has of NBA Twitter. This is kind of like the same thing, but just for the bubble specifically. Yeah, but
3: the, uh, someone said, tweeted at them today and said, Hey, who are you? And they just posted the, the guy from V for Vendetta. like a gif i mean if i was running that account i would be blasting my shit everywhere yeah right you know like so it's it's pretty wild so we'll we'll dive more into the bubble uh here shortly guys but first i wanted to start with some thunder specific stuff and let's start it off with bleacher report uh has released a top 100 players of this season and so if you guys haven't seen this uh, five, one, two, three. Four, is that five? I think that's five Thunder players made the top 100. Yeah. It's a good thing this is an audio and not a video. Um, five Thunder players have made the list. Uh, number 68 is Dennis Schroeder. Number 57, Steven Adams. Let's just stop there. Are you guys surprised that Steven Adams is 11 positions higher than Schroeder?
5: That does surprise me quite a bit.
3: Um, Maybe it's just, you know, the. The position. bias of, like, the the position in the league, you know, as far as, like, point guard versus the center. I was a little surprised yeah. Stephen got ranked 11 positions higher.
2: Yeah, I think it is interesting. It's always um, always interesting to see how people outside of Oklahoma City view Stephen Adams because I feel like it's a little bit of a pendulum really oh, depending definitely. on, like, I so feel like
3: Stephen has the biggest range of anybody.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like whatever his counting stats are is how – the rest of the country views steven adams um and given how we were talking about him coming into the season kind of expecting him to take a really big jump uh and that that didn't necessarily happen this year as much as we thought he's been really good but his numbers didn't jump up like we thought they would it was a little surprising uh i do want to mention because i'd be remiss if i didn't that uh, our boy Nick got a shout out. And I was just about to say this. In the write-up section on Steven Adams. Ooh. Making money moves over here. Dumb. Yeah, and
4: I, actually nobody told me until I actually found it myself. <laughs> I was like scrolling through <laughs> last night and I was like, "Wait a second, that's that uh, Crane. <laughs> that's that's me."
3: And then Nick immediately yeah. cranked one out. <laughs> no, so, I,
4: I, I think I think Steve um, and and you guys know my opinion on his style of play and all that stuff. I think he should not have been that high. I think A, Schroeder should have been in front of him in these kind of rankings. And I think that that putting Steve in the top 60 is a bit of a stretch.
3: All I see is trade value, baby. <laughs> so, again, Dennis at 68, Steve at 57, Danilo Gallinari at number 38, cracks the top 40. Seven positions ahead of him at number 31 is one Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shea. And then Chris Paul fell into the top 15 at number 13 overall. I wanted to spend most of our time here, guys, talking about the player that's going to be on the Thunder long-term. And that is Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 31. He is ranked ahead of Donovan Mitchell.
5: Happy birthday. I was about to say happy birthday, Shea. Yep,
3: happy birthday, Shea. He's ranked, I bet he is getting lit in the bubble right now. Uh, <laughs> 22, right?
2: Shotgunning he's probably, beers he's with Myers Leonard and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drinking <laughs> coconut coladas. And there you go, <laughs> hanging out with um, Howard. But
3: at 31, he was ranked one position ahead of Donovan Mitchell and multiple positions ahead of guys like De'Aaron Fox, CJ McCollum, hmm. and John Morant. Yeah. Now this is solely based off of this season, but in the write-up for Shea Gilgis Alexander, his little blurb at 31. They said it no longer seems like an all-star is a possibility, but an inevitability, for Shea Gilgis Alexander to to be a multi-time all-star player. And Nick was mentioning to us pre-pod Shea is just like a position or two behind guys like Zion Williamson. Uh, he's one spot behind um,
5: Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, yeah, Devin so just three or four 39. in front of yeah, him. Yeah, so he's Brandon Egram at twenty-eight.
3: Yeah, he is right there in some really, really good company. How do you guys feel about about Shea being ranked there just behind those players and ahead of those ones I mentioned?
5: I mean, I, I feel very biased saying this, but I feel like it's pretty accurate, right? Like, you look at the season that he's had and the major leaps that he's taken. Um, you start listening to some of these other podcasts, some of these national podcasts, and they're, like, really recognizing him and seem to be as bought in as us Thunder fans do, which kind of uh, justifies our, our bias. Um, and I, I think it's accurate. Uh, I, I you know I still think it's probably a little premature to put him above guys like Devin Booker or... Um, Zion's a little... I mean, everybody's so excited about, and myself included, about his potential. Um but I, I his do stats are argument. pretty incredible. Yeah, fair, fair. But in so limited of a time, right. like you can make the argument where Shane may be above him for this season. But if you're talking about like future potential, that's a whole different story. Uh, regardless, I'm really excited about this. And um, I think that just kind of leads to something I think we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe even longer back than that. But so much time has passed between, um, like you said, Jacob, earlier in the podcast, that Utah Jazz game, so that March 11th or whatever it was. Until now, which is pretty much yeah. the same amount of time, once these guys tip off July 30th, August 1st, um, as an actual off season, and so you get to see some of these guys like Darius Bazley and Shea and the Shays and Baisleys of other teams as well. Like see the leap that they're able to take during that time. It's almost like they get an off, off season to develop. And so, hey, I'm, I'm telling curious you, man. To see Shea play.
3: Yeah, I'm telling you. Shea said that he's played every day since the shutdown. He's been working. Um, we'll, we'll get into this in a second, but. I mean even coach says it looks like he's gotten bigger mm-hmm. as far as like muscles and stuff. I think he's a really good candidate to make a leap. Yeah. Oh, I, I think okay. I think a we're going to see one of those like he had an off season and he came back better type of things from Shea. I really think so. Yeah, isn't that crazy every to time think about. every time he's had a break he's gotten better. From Kentucky to the Clippers. Yep. yep. From the Clippers to Oklahoma City. From high school to Kentucky whenever he you know he got that late offer from from Kentucky. He was the 7th guy on uh and and that recruiting class he was the last guy they took and he went from the beginning of the year in Kentucky not even starting to like being the leader of the team every time he makes a jump i'm just maybe i'm just grasping for optimism here cuz i need <laughs> something to be happy about in my life right now
2: i think it's totally fair i mean like you said the time span but also it sounds like he's been putting in the work i, I mean the, the recipe is there for him to take another jump it'll be i can't wait to see what he looks like. I I think my thing with Shay this whole season is i felt very like cautiously optimistic. I think is how I would describe it. I I felt like there was a, a a potential for Shay to be the rebound girl of like, we lost our longtime girlfriend, Russell Westbrook. (laughs) And now Shay's there and we're going to, put all the all the love that we had for Russ on Shea's shoulders, which may not be fair, and he may not be able to live up to. But every game that goes by, it gets harder to remain that cautiousness. Yeah. Because uh, the kid's just good. And like I said, when I saw that picture of, like, Shay and Chris Paul, I realized, like, God dang it, I love him.
3: Exactly. Well, <laughs> and that right. leads me to want to ask you guys, like, and this is an age-old conversation we've had since the trade happened. But can Shea, Gilgis, Alexander end up being good enough to where the Thunder have to speed up the rebuild and maybe cash in some of those picks that are in 20, 26 or whatever and, and try to m- trade those picks off to get earlier picks to start building around Shea now because you don't want to you know, delay Miss this Helms much longer Ryan. if yep. he's going to be this good?
5: Fair.
2: It's That's, a great question. and something that I think is definitely on the table, you know, we've talked a lot about the rebuild window championship window being five years from now. Maybe Shay's good enough to shift it to four. I don't know if it goes much more than that. Does it go to three? Is that crazy? It feels kind of crazy., <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean he he definitely appears like he's gonna have the tools to be closer to somebody that you build around rather than a complimentary piece do yeah. i think do i think he can carry a team by himself no he's definitely still going to have need to have somebody that can build can be built around him that was really awkwardly worded but <laughs> he's going to need complimentary talent but the the amount of complimentary talent i think ha- my opinion on that has changed throughout the season
3: yeah i mean it's it's fascinating to think like does the front office see Shea right now and say, hey, maybe we need to make some moves and jump up in the 2020 draft and try to get somebody? Maybe we need to make some moves and try to jump up in the 2021 draft and get somebody. Or are they saying, Shea's good, but let's just keep our picks where we are and have a lot more bites at the apple? You know, has he made Sam Presti in that front office kind of shift their thinking on, we got to speed this up and get some more young talent in here with him sooner instead of six years from now, you know? yeah. And, and yeah. so it's just, it's fascinating. Well, but
4: I've, I've got one more question kind of on the same topic. So Justin, you talked about how maybe Shea could accelerate the contention window for this team again, like how long their rebuild actually is. What if at the same time, this whole situation was actually going to catalyze Shea's growth. Like a lot of guys, when they get better, it's right after an off season, you know, you'll see from yep. year one to two or year two to three. So Shea, like we said, got this kind of off season, this four month break to get better. And he's about to get a whole nother off season to get better again. What if year three Shea, the beginning of year three Shea, we're going to see next year is really like a year four or five Shea because of all this right. downtime. Exactly. That's, what, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. Yep.
2: I think and, what's tough. What, for me, what's a little bit tough is not knowing what next season's going to look like. Yeah, that's let's not go down issue. that. Because yeah, that's make me sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, things could be weird. Like, there could be the the other side of the coin that we encounter. Of yeah, these things have been great for his development, but there could be things that could hamper it. I think overall, though, my takeaway is Shay is incredibly talented. I think the the praise that he's getting nationally is totally justified. Um, it'll be fascinating to see. I mean, we know from experience that Sam Presti is not a reactionary kind of guy. That's why I'm a little hesitant on like, how much does he shift what we're talking about of like the rebuild or the championship window. But, um, does he, do you have to factor it in, factor it in? I, I absolutely think you do. Do I think Presty's going to go out and sell the farm for, devin booker or, or something like that tomorrow no i don't think so well, I, why get I'm
3: devin at. booker when you can just draft denny
5: of dia exactly <laughs> thank you
2: but, okay Cunningham so let's let's yours. shift
3: from this because this is the perfect segue to um a segment i've just called zoom with nick because nick has been on all of these zoom calls with the <laughs> uh, microsoft players.
5: teams thank you <laughs>
3: Nick,
4: are, no, they, are they still doing teams? Or are they on teams? Zoom now? Teams was was the Thunder stuff. Now that oh. we're league, the whole league is putting it on its Zoom there, now. Zoom? There, okay. you yeah. there you go.
3: So let's start with Shay met with reporters today. Nick, is that correct?
4: Yep. Today was his first availability since they've been in the bubble,
3: and he talked about his, the the impact Chris Paul has had on him. And when we talked about you know the off season or quote unquote off season helping Shea develop. I think just as much of a benefit is Chris Paul. Agreed. So Nick, can you just kind of dive into what Shay had to say about Chris Paul's mentorship and how you think that's going to pay dividends for Shay's career?
4: Yeah, this is actually my question. I don't know if I told you guys that. So I asked oh, cool. I asked Shay the question of, you know, you've had kind of a breakout season. How much of that can you attribute to like being underneath Chris Paul with him as a, a leader, a mentor, etc., And his answer was, you know, Chris has been huge. And, you know, my jump I've made this year as a player, but he said it actually is a lot of off the store, off the court stuff, not necessarily on the court stuff. So he talked about, you know, Chris has taught me so much about eating habits and taking care of his body and how to lift and, you know, all these things to, 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 affect the longevity of his career. You know, obviously Chris is playing well at a very, you know, old age when it comes to basketball players. So it was fascinating to hear how much off the court stuff that Chris is helping Shay with as, you know, hopefully Shay is a a really good basketball player in this, in this league
5: for, you know, the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, no, and you know, what's so interesting. And this is again, something else we'll be talking about later on the podcast. But um, yesterday was the one year anniversary of the Russell Westbrook trade. And You know, with every trade, especially in this day and age, is who won the trade? And you look at all the different pieces that were involved in the trade, and then you reevaluate again, you know, five years out. But I think one something that we won't—another piece of that trade that we won't really uh, be able to quantify, I think, until another three or four seasons down the road— is what you just mentioned nick uh chris paul's impact that he had on shea it's so not only trading for chris paul who's been great for us this season not only those draft picks that we got in return and those uh, those draft uh, swap options but the impact that chris has had on shea and basely and some of these younger guys how, the, how he's kind of formed and maybe molded um, how they're going to move forward in their careers and their respective careers and so i think that's huge for this team and huge for that trade looking back on it
2: i mean you can't you can't Put Shea in a better situation, honestly, in terms of guys that he could be mentored by and learn under in the beginning stages of his career. One of the best and ever. I think all, all the things that we've talked about, of, you know, the extra offseason, the blah, 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 but like Chris Paul is a massive part of that. And I think that as, as Shea continues to grow and develop, like getting to spend his... Formative time in the league, kind of learning how to be an NBA player and, and a, a point guard in the league under Chris Paul is going to be inconsequential, like absolutely vital to who he becomes as a. And player. it's not
5: just like like just showing up to practice and Chris Paul's there helping him out on the court. Like you know, if for example, the the very first thing those players did when they got out of their two day quarantine. Um, in the bubble, was going to play Cornhole, Darius Baisley, SGA, and Chris Paul. Yeah,
2: it's, it's the relational piece, too. Exactly. Like, right. And how, how I, he's taken him and Baisley under his wing and like flies them on private planes and stuff like that. Like That's going to have a massive impact on those guys.
3: And it's just interesting how those stars align. You know, if Shea joins Chris down in Houston and Chris is really pushing for a title, maybe Chris's focus is more on himself unless on mentorship. Yeah. Right? But coming totally. to Oklahoma City kind of changes that that dynamic. You know, Chris's family is in LA and wasn't in Oklahoma City with him. If Chris's family was in OKC, Chris is probably spending a lot more time with his kids and his wife instead he was spending a lot more time with Shay almost as like a surrogate, like a surrogate father to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just the circumstances that set that up and the place that it set up I Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I dearly love the city of Oklahoma City. This is my home, right? But I get it. It's not LA. It's not New York. It's not Houston. It's not Dallas. You know, and so a lot of players say they can come here and focus on their craft. Well, it seems like Shea got put in a place where he could focus on his craft and got put there at the same time with a guy who wanted to focus on mentorship and had nothing else really to distract him from that. It's just like this perfect symbiotic relationship that yeah. aligned perfectly. Yep. It's just it's 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 really a stars aligning type of thing, you know. And I I I'm with you guys. I think it's gonna just be a massive massive payoff for Shea. Not this year, not next year, but for his entire NBA career and his life.
4: And and not even for Shea. Like I also look at the situation being perfect for Shea was also perfect for Chris Paul. And I think a lot of this could change in the playoffs because that's where he gets a lot of his criticism. But talk about a guy that not only in Oklahoma city, but around the league was starting to get talked about like a washed up player. Can't stay healthy. Not a good guy for the locker room. Can't be on a championship team to a guy that is, you know, widely respected around the league for not only his play, his clutch time minutes, but also as a leader in the league, as the president of the players association, like he has flipped the script this year across the oh, yeah. country.
3: I mean, look at the Knicks who have, you know, said they're interested in bringing a leader like him in, you know? And I think yeah. that just comes strictly from how he has been a leader this season. It's yeah. it, it, awesome stuff. All right, let's move on. Nick, uh, tell us about muscle watch.
4: So this is probably Taylor's favorite <laughs> little segment here. This is
2: all of NBA Twitter's favorite. So, so true.
5: Or like anti-muscle watch with like Skinny Mellow and uh, I think Skinny lost <laughs> a little bit of weight.
4: Well, it's it's not shocking that a lot of these guys look a little better physically when it comes to you know their build and the muscle and all that kind of stuff because they've been quarantined for the past four months. You know during the season. You play a game every other day. You're not lifting a ton of weights to bulk up. You're doing more, you know, rehab. You know, let's let's stay healthy. Let's stretch all that cardio. kind of stuff, yeah. right? So, so of course these guys are going to look bigger. Billy had a note today that um, not only Shay. Um, Baisley Ferg and, and Baisley Ferg, look yeah. bigger, but also Lou Dort. He <laughs> made a joke like, "Yeah," and that yes. kind of hard to believe considering his frame. But yeah, he's gotten bigger too. So that's incredible. It's it's great that it's the young guys because a lot of those young guys and you know young guys in general in the league. One of the biggest problems with them in their early years is they're just not big enough to play this game with how physical it is. So it's good well, to good to hear that kind of stuff. Speaking of that,
3: Shea's cousin grew three quarters of an inch. Yeah, I saw that. You guys see that? <laughs> Kale yeah, Alexander Walker is now yeah. like listed at like six seven or 6'8. My man hit puberty.
2: <laughs> I saw that and thought it was a joke at first. Yeah, <laughs> man. Wild. Just
3: thinking of Lou putting on muscle is
2: a wet dream. Remember when we <laughs> sent him a shirt and he said he wore a large? <laughs> that line son and of a bitch. He said he do wore you think, a medium. Do you, I mean? <laughs> there, I still. Either way, I don't see it. I'm just. I'm just it's saying.
3: His med- <laughs> Him wanting that shirt like it had to have been one of those like mid-riff workout shirts, right? <laughs> Where it like comes down to his belly button. He was gonna, because yeah, he was gonna I promise you off. that guy can probably bench press two of me. Oh
5: yeah.
4: What if you know? what if we see the the NBA bubble Twitter tweet out a shirt uh, a picture of Lou wearing our crop top in the gym?
3: Oh my god.
2: <laughs> in me now. Uh, that, that would, would be, be the peak That would be the peak. Yes.
3: I wonder if he ever got it. He never DM'd us back. We did mail it.
2: Thanks, Lou. Maybe Maybe he got it and was like, "This is too small. I can't wear this." Uh Well, I can't.
3: I'll have to look back in the DMS and see when he when we mailed it to him. Because what if it didn't get there till like after Uh, quarantine started? You know, and And he just 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 never got it. it.
5: Yep, forgot about it. it
3: That would be. uh, We mailed it. We mailed
4: it to the Thunder Ion, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, and they were there. They were there leading up to the bubble. He would have got it if we sent it.
3: That's fair. We sent it. He's got it. We. I'll. I'll DM him tonight. Ask him if he got it. <laughs> He's not doing anything. He's down in the bubble, He's probably bored, sitting in uh, his room yeah. playing Call of Duty.
2: So. He's probably just waiting for this episode to drop. Hey, maybe that's morning. a. Yeah. That's
5: who was flying into the bubble. To, that was Lou. He was hitting that know. girl up. Oh my God. <laughs> she we'll wants get of there.
3: <laughs> for the children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Lou Dort, Nick. He's uh, actually practicing basketball with the team he plays with.
4: That's wild to think that he wasn't
3: before (laughs) What a novel concept.
5: Yeah,
4: it was. And I think we've known this information for a long time. Obviously, him being on a two-way contract, you only have a certain number of days you can be with the team, so you're not going to waste those on practice days when he's a starter, you know, started the last 21 games of the season for the Thunder. So he was asked in media availability, like, how is it practicing with the team and how long has it been since you've you know, regularly practiced? And he said, well, uh, now that I think of it, I think it was right after training camp, so damn near a year ago. And, and he That's said crazy. basically all he could That's do... Crazy. Is watch a bunch of film to try to gel with these guys and of course get on the court with them during games to to build that chemistry. And to me that was like, holy cow, if he's playing this well, the team was sixteen and five with him as a starter when he can't even practice with them, like what if his ceiling is higher than we thought? What if this contract is a bigger steal than we thought? Like what if what if he's gonna come out and be a guy that is a huge difference maker after he's practiced with the team?
2: That's crazy to think about it's crazy just to think about like not being able to practice solely watching film. I'm sure they had, you know, conversations about it and interactions, but still like trying to pick up all that kind of stuff from watching film. It'll be interesting to see how he handles the transition because while I'm sure it'll be a positive, I'm sure there's also kind of a flip side of, I bet that there was a little bit of like an accommodation for him of, you know, you're not going to ask him to do everything to the intricate level of the guys that are practicing with the team, you're probably keeping concepts a little bit simpler for Lou Dort as things progress and he's getting more integrated. Does he absorb that? Does it get better? Or is there a little bit of a learning curve? I think ultimately what you said, I think the sky's the limit, but there, there could be a little bit of a hiccup.
3: Yeah, definitely. And it's just crazy to think that he was watching film and then just trying to figure out how to go play with those guys. That's like, I watch a M- lot of Thunder team. basketball, man.
2: You think you could do that? I'm, I'm just going to go out there, there and run. Like,
3: <laughs> hey, I know what happens here. I'm going to pass to Steve yeah, right. and I'm going to backdoor cut for the give and go. And, you know, it's just, it's <laughs> wild. Words, like. at,
2: at
4: the same time, though, this also makes me think what if a lot of that film he was watching. Wasn't I mean I'm sure a lot of it was 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 film watching the Thunder play and, and getting the offense right. What if a lot of that film he was watching during practice when he couldn't actually practice was Dame, Luca, Donovan yeah. Mitchell it's watching watching tendencies so he could lock him up defensively.
3: Yeah. That's a good point. A well good point. and speaking of all this, Nick, we found out that Dort isn't even guaranteed a starting spot.
5: Woo
4: Yeah, that that was probably the the most shocking quote that's come out of these first three days of media availability a lot of this is you know it's overall boring content but the yeah. fact that we've been starred for four months we like thrive over <laughs> it and salivate over any quote we can possibly get from these guys so um billy donovan was asked you know along the lines of you know Lou's played great got this full-time contract is his role going to stay the same is he going to be a starter going forward and Billy's response was, "Well, yeah, he's played great, but no, not necessarily. At this point, um, I can't say that he's going to be the starter. These guys are competing. I'm going to let them go out there and compete, and you know, whoever's the best guy is going to be the guy that starts. Which is fascinating because there's, in my mind, two guys that could start over him, and, and we'll talk about." Um, Robertson who's one of them a little bit later, but the other being Terrence Ferguson. Like, is this, is Ooh, this Billy on muscle size, <laughs> right? Is is this Billy saying what he has to say because it would kill Ferg's confidence and Dre's confidence to come out and say, yeah, he's already got the starting spot. Or is this really something where Billy has seen something out of Dre or seen something out of Ferg where he's like, you know what? I can't make that call yet because some of these other guys look really good. Just, yeah,
3: that was, that was exactly my question is Like, is he leaving the door cracked open because he's seen really good things from those other two, which would be great, great news for the Thunder?
5: I mean, Billy's just the master of this, though, right? I mean, what was it, yesterday he was talking about how, oh, yeah, Dre looks great. He went through full contact uh, the past two days, and uh, I'm really happy and excited for him, um, but I'm not entirely sure if he's going to play kind of thing, right? And that's not a direct quote, obviously, but in in a separate breath, he's like, yeah, I can't say for sure if he's going to play. And then um, Dort, he's talking about how great Dort looks and he's gained size. And, and in another breath, he goes, um, I wouldn't necessarily be, I, I wouldn't be opposed to start Dort. Like he just says these strangest <laughs> things. That man can talk away, talk himself around just about anything. Um, well, it's interesting. Comes from the like, Presty tree, man. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> back when, back before the season was suspended, I felt like the, every game you kind of were waiting to see if Dort would still get the start. And it was like Billy would never, never came out and committed to him of like Dort's our guy. And so in a way, this kind of goes along with that. He's never technically gone all in and be like Dort's the dude. But I think his play on the court has said enough. I think that in my mind, it's still Dort's to lose. I think what you said, Nick, is probably the right call of like for Ferguson and Robertson's sake, the job is open and they need to see. Uh, competition level out of those guys, like you could earn a starting spot versus it's Dort's job and you guys can fight for backup minutes. And yeah, I, but
3: the thing is, like, they're not going to do that for any other spot in the starting lineup. Chris Paul's job, Shane's job, though. nobody is up for, you know, so. I that, think
2: that's fair, though, based off of who those players are and yeah, who are. Yeah, no, I, I
3: agree. Are. I totally agree with that, but it's just, it's fascinating that it makes you think, like, since it's not a question with anybody else is it because Dort's not performing well is it because the other two are performing mm, well and pushing I see what him
5: you're you know it just it, i think it creates a lot more questions I, i'm with you but i think it, it's much I, i'm almost 100% on board with what nick said about just keeping the door open in terms of competition sake because again and i mentioned this earlier earlier in the podcast but we aren't talking about a gap in play like from regular season to playoffs during a normal season. If that were the case and we were still having these these um, these um quotes from Billy, then you'd be really concerned. This is like a whole new training camp. And what happens at the beginning of each training camp? You know, this mm-hmm. happened the same time last year about Ferguson and uh, is Dre going to be healthy and will he come back? I mean, you kind of have to think about this in terms of a training camp rather than it just being, you know, the gap from playoffs to – or sorry, regular season to playoffs in a normal season. You know, and that's kind of how I take it. Um, yeah. Oh, let
3: uh, me let me ask you guys this. After the first scrimmage, do you think we start to get answers, or do you think there, this first scrimmage is just going to be play everybody, let them get some run, and, and hope nobody gets hurt?
5: I think the starter will, will definitely answer those questions. Uh, but to your point, Jacob, I think that there will probably be equal play, um, depending if Drake truly really is ready to go. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's was, it was going to be fascinating well, to see. Well, there,
4: right. there, there, I mean, there was one more quote that Billy had today, um, which was a day after mentioning the whole, you know, starting spots kind of up in the air, you know, go compete for it. He was asked about Dre's role if he were to come back. It was like, hypothetically, Dre comes back. Like, what do you see his role being? How many minutes would he play? And this kind of made me think that his answer about Dort starting yesterday was more just like a now is not the time to talk about it thing because his answer about Robertson's role on the team was, Hey, we're three days into practice after this is my first time having the team together since March. He said, right now we're worried about the small things getting in shape, getting timing, right? He said, rotations, who's going to start, how many minutes people are going to play all that stuff. Like we're, we're far from that right now. So I'm wondering if we're almost looking too much into his comment on Dort, potentially not being the starter and in in reality it was him saying now's not the time to even think about that that's that's a really fair point good context
3: nick do you ever think that while doing these media availabilities and reporting on the game that you maybe should go back to school and get like yeah. associates or something in psychology so you can dice like dissect <laughs> yeah, and right. for all this shit
4: i mean i feel like like half these people that are talking have a degree in it especially like like billy when he talks and, and you guys know presti's like a magician with words like these guys have to have some kind of psychology training because the way they answer questions to media it's like holy crap that was the the right way you, to you know say who this. I bet
3: has some psychology training in responding to people Adrian Wojnarowski. Yep. So (laughs) true. Just a solid fuck you, you know? (laughs) All right. Last part of Zoom with Nick before we move on. Uh, I just want to hear about Steven Adams.
4: Steven was Steven. And I know you guys probably saw the the tweet the Thunder put out today, the official handle of – it was like some some kind of whistling-type music, and it was him doing his little spins and messing with his hands during the interview. He was (laughs) – he was, like, never actually focused. He had to ask people, like, <laughs> what was therapy? your question again? Yeah. Because he was just, like, just being himself and not focusing or taking it serious, which is fine. You know, it's, it's Steve-O. But the 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 comment that stuck out most, Steve didn't, per usual, didn't talk much about, you know, on-court stuff and how practice was. He likes to keep his interviews more lighthearted. So he mentioned that his misses made him four batches of lasagna. And I didn't catch that whenever he said it, but Jacob, what was your first thought when you heard about the misses?
3: Oh yeah, he's off the market, ladies. I'm sorry. I know like three quarters of Oklahoman women want the Kiwi pipe, um, <laughs> but it looks like the the pipe has been laid. I don't know if he's if he's just being Stephen, calling her missus when it's his girlfriend because I remember seeing Stephen one time uh, at some sort of event, like, leaving in his truck with his, at that time, girlfriend, who was, like, literally half his size. Like, he would have just killed that woman. Like, she was so small. <laughs> um, so I don't know if he just calls, like, his girlfriend his missus. Uh, I mean, we haven't heard anything about a wedding, but who knows? But so uh, the ladies who listen to the Uncontested and are a fan of the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, seems as though Steven is off the market. Got himself How a lady could do friend. not be...
2: With with that hair. I feel you gotta lock that down. And the new farmer's the stand. chance. Yeah. The <laughs> farmer's stand dude, that just the, killed me. That was
5: incredible. <laughs> uh, just so the, I, I just uh,
3: love the fact that this dude rolled into the bubble. Everyone's bringing like their monitors. Uh Josh Hart just got a mini fridge with like a whole bunch of wine delivered to him and yes. Steven rolled
5: in with batches of lasagna. <laughs> He was like, "Yeah, I saw those pictures of a uh, bubble food." I saw and... that food. <laughs> F <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> just incredible stuff. Uh, I wish I took as much pride in my farmer's tan as Adams does. Um, it's it's just as much of a farmer's tan, but I don't I don't feel as uh, proud. He's so of it genuinely proud of
5: it. <laughs> it. See, we just get that because we just you know we walk outside and we work and don't get to be outside with our shirts off. But Adams is out there like doing farm farm work and yeah like boxing boxing out cows. And he's proud of it.
2: <laughs> Show it off. boxing out cows might be my favorite quote of the bubble so far
3: it's uh it's pretty good stuff all right well justin why don't you tell
2: our listeners about betonline.ag sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events and there is no better place to start than our exclusive partners betonline Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR Formula One and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? BetOnline has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out our daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.
3: Well, guys, as Taylor mentioned earlier, um, we have just passed two very important anniversaries for the Oklahoma City Thunder, which would be the monumental trades of Paul George to the Clippers and then subsequently Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets. And since it's been the one-year anniversary now, I just wanted to touch on those again and kind of get you guys' thoughts a year later. I thought maybe we could talk about our memories of those trades, uh, and then how we feel now, right? Like obviously, we had feelings back then. Uh, we have oh, documented we feelings. Uh, we have yeah, documented we feelings on episodes of this podcast. <laughs> That's a scary Dude, part. Um
2: <laughs> The podcast, the Russell Westbrook trade podcast, is the funniest thing to go back and listen to. <laughs> we sound depressed <laughs> literally depressed. Yes. This, is it. this is the end and we're never this gonna the podcast again <laughs> I remember Jacob specifically oh, God. talking about Chris Paul and being like get him the hell out of here yeah I don't want to watch him on my team the sooner he's gone the better yeah and now, it's funny how you change pod, your tune it's, huh right? it's like so oh, it's so good that Shay got to learn from Chris Paul <laughs> <laughs> one, one memory
3: that I wanted to bring up which uh, I mean this will stick with me forever um, a year ago, a little over a year ago today, uh, my family and I were on vacation in Boston, Massachusetts. And one, I, I told the story in the pod back then. I'm going to tell it quickly here. Now, one of my favorite bands of all time is from Boston, but they've been broken up for like 10 years. And while in Boston, I saw a guy wearing a half heart shirt. And I was like, dude, I love that shirt. And he said, Oh yeah. Are you going to the show tomorrow? And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, the reunion show, they're having a reunion. I was like, holy shit, what? And so my fiance and I found tickets and we bought a, bought tickets. We got a train pass to go from Boston out to Worcester. And we were going to get up in the morning and, and head out there and go see one of my favorite bands of all time. And so, and obviously Eastern Time Zone is an hour ahead of Central. And so I'm blacked out. I'm passed out, getting ready to wake up the next morning. I wake up and my phone like, I don't know how my iPhone survived. We're talking over a hundred Twitter notifications. I remember like trying to wake you
5: up that night. Like, Fifty or sixty text messages. I think Nick, Nick tried to wake you up. Yeah. Nick
3: called me twice, I think. Is that right, Nick?
4: I think it I think it might have been actually more than twice.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> I think times. you left me a voicemail. And I was like, What hey, in Nick. the uh, hell? Uh, and then I get on and I see uh the Thunder have traded Paul George to the Clippers for a record setting number of picks. And uh, thought, well, this is awkward. Well, and then obviously the 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 discussion about that, and then it quickly coming to the realization for all of us that we're at the end of the Ru- Russell Westbrook yeah, era, era of Oklahoma yeah. City
4: Thunder basketball.
5: They the, the era that we knew from the very beginning uh, when they yeah. the team first came at two, in two thousand eight. But
4: there was no other era.
5: Yeah, right. That that was it. Right. And it, this has kind of been the the first start, almost like a transition year um, in between the two eras. Uh, but I was just. You know, I I think I've mentioned this story on the podcast as well, but um, the Paul George trade was, uh, you know, right around the July Fourth timeline. And um, I, well, first of all, I was out of town, um, traveling home on an airplane when Kevin Durant made his decision on July Fourth to leave. Um, And then around the same July Fourth like weekend uh, that the Paul George trade to OKC happened, I was at the lake. Um, And then the Paul George trade to the Clippers one year ago from, you know, like a week ago, I was also at the lake. And so I was at the lake over this 4th of July again, and I'm just like Quit watching my phone. Lake? I know. yeah, I Jesus. was watching my phone all weekend, <laughs> like something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get coronavirus for the thunder, and like something big's going to happen. Nothing happened, thankfully. So um, Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> well,
4: I, I actually, I feel like I remember or I felt more emotion no, but whether good or bad, I think I felt more emotion when Paul George was traded to Oklahoma City versus him getting traded away. Like I remember, I, I guess I'll ask you this: Were you more shocked when you saw the notification that Paul George had been traded from Oklahoma City, or were you more shocked when you got the notification he was coming to Oklahoma City?
3: This is God. A, that's that's a tough yeah, question. Honestly, yeah. This is that a cop out. Because he he was he was, he was
4: not he was not linked to the Thunder at yeah, all when he was out traded. Of nowhere.
3: Yeah. I've, both of them really came out of nowhere. Both of them were complete blind blindsides, and not just to people like us, the same way. to people across the league. You know, to, to people that are very plugged in. Both of those trades were just like, what? Where did this come from? Right.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, so, gonna say I was I was equally blindsided by both. I so, Remember so, Shelburne's tweet, Paul George to yeah. and then and for Ramona know, to break bomb. that was just awesome. Yeah, that you know, so she beat
3: everybody else. So let me ask you guys this: a year later, looking back on these deals. And, and having the, the hindsight now of how they turned out. For Russell Westbrook, the Thunder got Chris Paul, who has one less year on his contract, two protected first-round picks, and two first-round pick swaps. Looking back now, would you, would you say that it would have been fair if the Thunder just traded Russ for Chris Paul and one of
4: those picks? I mean, can you imagine Shea trying to develop on a Russell Westbrook team? I hate to be that guy, but... Yeah,
3: yeah but, but what I'm guy. saying is, like, it, sure. it feels
5: like... That package could have been smaller it feels for like Chris Paul. Yeah.
3: C- Chris Paul and a pick, uh, and especially with Chris Paul having a year left on his contract for Russell Westbrook, probably would have been, looking back now, a fair deal.
2: Well, that just... The goes... Thunder got two
3: picks and two swaps in that deal.
2: I mean, that just goes to show, like, where Chris Paul's reputation was at last, yeah. last summer. Yeah. And how I think he's really rehabbed that reputation this season by how he's mentored the young guys and kind of reinvented himself to an extent of like, at the time, yeah, Oklahoma City got a lot, but like, yeah, that's probably fair. And now I think looking back, it's like, well, yeah, Houston probably gave up too much.
5: Jacob, I think that what you just, the exercise you're doing is a perfect way to reevaluate these trades because I think the same exact thing can be said about the Paul George, uh, Danilo Gallinari, SGA, and the through of of draft picks Um, oh yeah I mean if you knew Shea was going to be this good you're probably the the Clippers are probably holding back two of those picks or or swap options
3: yep I I think two is uh, I mean they traded Gallo Shea what is it three of their own picks two of Miami's picks and two swaps is that right Oklahoma City got L.A.'s unprotected first-round picks in 22, yep, 24, 26. And then. The 2021 unprotected and the 2023 protected from Miami. And then swaps in 23 and 25. <laughs> That's so wild. <laughs> That's absurd. Uh. Dude, it's...
5: <laughs> and then what if like... I, actually, if I don't know how to put into right?
3: words how insane that is. It's just absurd. Like, looking back at it now, Gallo and Shea for Paul George is almost a good deal. Just straight, without the picks. True.
2: True. Yeah, it's wild. And the thing about it is, the my biggest takeaway looking back, I felt this at the time, but it's just really kind of cemented itself now, having played out this season, of like the genius of Presti to pull the trigger on this and make it happen as he did, when we all knew it was a one more shot. Can you imagine... Us right now covering a PG and Russell Westbrook Thunder team again. We being the same exact situation. Like, yeah, it's insane. The the, the amount of confidence. The the amount of confidence that we had in that roster was not high. And
3: then imagine trying to trade away a Paul George in this coming offseason. Right. This financial
5: uncertainty. With the injuries that he's had or the extended injury. Uh,
2: problems that he's had this year but you know with what the financial uncertainties right. with the contract situation like everything is in a worse situation if you wait until but after i this think you got to
5: put like what pressy did in all these trades and all the big trades that he really has done in the past into perspective you well know, we we do our our podcast right and we listen back to how disappointed we were how we weren't really able to think outside of the moment Presley was able to do that, and now we're looking forward and you're seeing how Presley was able to think of all this um, during the moment, making those trades. And it really is just puts into perspective how incredible Presley really is at, at negotiating these deals.
4: And Jacob had a, a point a second ago that, that got me thinking, and I know the answer to this question will vary on you know who the team is and, and if they want to contend now or rebuild, but just think a generic NBA team looking to make a trade today knowing how much the league puts stock into young upcoming guys who has more trade value paul george or sga
3: yeah it's a great point <laughs> it is a great point contract um longevity youth injury history it's i mean yeah i mean i think you're hitting the nail right on the head there nick yep, yep. it's it's just wild you know and the longer this goes out, the better and better it looks for the Thunder. And, I mean, I even remember, you know, and I don't know how much it was actually happening, but, you know, that the Thunder talked to Toronto to see if they wanted Paul George and keep, yeah, you know, Kawhi and PG in Toronto instead of letting them go to the Clippers, which, you know, was probably just for leverage, probably just to get the Clippers to put that last pick in or to make it SGA instead of Landry Shamit or whatever. But it's... Looking back at it, I I think that five, ten years from now, we're going to say that the Paul George trade to the Clippers was the best move Sam Presti ever made.
5: That's fair.
4: That is a hot take. But no, it it, it certainly could happen. But that is, yeah. I mean,
3: the chances of... You've got seven bites at the apple
2: with those draft picks. The chance of you hitting on one of those... It's pretty well, significant. I think that's the thing in terms of how we're going to evaluate it. It's all going to come down to whether or not they hit on those. I mean, like, this this is
3: reminiscent to Boston-Brooklyn. And yeah. that trade netted Boston, uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and, you know, whoever else Yep, allowed them to get Kyrie in there, which then opened the door for them to get Kemba, which, you know, like...
2: Yeah. I just... If it plays out, it's I gonna be hard I to mess it up with you. No, I, I, I like that I Boston
5: comparison. That's very true. You're looking at guys like the Jalen Browns and Jason Tatum's and the um, shoot the SGA's and Bazley's maybe, and then all the yeah. draft picks that like oh the except, Thunder except are Boston didn't traffic. get a
3: young promising ass uh, talent right. like SGA in that deal. They, they just had a pick. It. Yeah, that's true. The Thunder got Crazy. got a hot player and all the picks,
4: more picks. The Clippers would have to get bad, and that's the that's the biggest thing they're banking on right here
5: and yeah. the rockets well, for that
3: matter. Hey, we just said that we've already had two out of the blue Paul George traits cuz he wasn't happy. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. All right. Uh,
1: we've already seen Kawhi
3: that... move multiple times cuz he wasn't happy.
2: Yep.
5: They both also uh, they both also are injury-ridden. Um so Exactly.
3: And they're older. You know? And financial uncertainty coming up. Now I do feel uh, well the Houston picks being protected kind of scares me because I think Houston's going to suck pretty soon. (laughs) Like, I think there's a good... I mean, if Houston gets rid of of their coach and their GM (laughs) and their owner is a cheap ass, like, how long is Harden going to want to stay around? Yeah. The youngest guy on Houston's roster is like 24.
2: Yeah, it's crazy, man.
4: They've got zero... Up and coming, like, and they have zero future assets. Like they're all to leverage now. That's and that's that's why. And I feel
3: more like Houston isn't going to be like Oklahoma City and say, when there's one year left, we're just going to deal these guys and get what we can. I think they're just going to run it into the
5: dirt. Yep. Until, like you said, until James. And then that
3: creates an incredibly. That's whenever you run it into the dirt like that, and then try to turn around, you're becoming a New York Knicks, a Sacramento Kings, a, a Charlotte Hornets. You know, Especially when you give away point. all
5: your future longevity, you know?
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: exactly. I don't know, once Tillman rakes it in from all the NBA players <laughs> ordering Longhorn Steakhouse, he might have more yeah. money to work with.
3: Uh, well, let's transition now to Life in the Bubble, which I was telling you guys pre-pod, I wanted to try to edit the song Life in the Fast Lane and make it
2: Life in the Bubble
3: but uh, i don't know how to do that on the computer yet so i'll figure it out and we'll get a fun sounder for this but life in the bubble justin take us through it i feel like you yeah, should just rip that yeah. right there
2: and make it the sounder that was phenomenal. i think it's perfect um man like I right at, at the-
3: 56 minutes in the podcast i'll make sure to get it
2: <laughs> like i mentioned at the top like that NBA bubble life account and just having like actual things, whether or not it's actually basketball related, just the like NBA drama and everything that goes with it is back. And it has been the highlight of the last week. If you ask me, Uh, the first thing that came up is the food. Like we just mentioned, uh, the food didn't look great. It also didn't quite look as terrible as I think was originally reported. But shortly after uh, some questionable images of the food came out, the NBA announced that the players would have the option to order uh, food delivery from a handful of restaurants, which then was very quickly uh, realized that they were all for restaurants tita. owned by Tillman Fertitta.
5: Although <laughs> Haley O'Shaughnessy from the ringer, um, she was actually kind of upset about this and brought up a good point. She quote tweeted she was like, "Why would you? you this was a great opportunity to support um, black locally owned restaurants. You know, the, the NBA should look into this." Well, then shortly after, she reported that the NBA actually is looking into that. So there will be other options outside there of Fratita restaurants, and they're going to make a, a really cool uh, contribution to the local black community, which I think is really cool. Um, and I also saw something as well about like the the chef who. Was the main chef for the USA team um, in the past, yeah. and also worked for Disney. He's going to be
2: working off campus to bring in food to the bubble. Um, and then I think I saw that each team is allowed to have a chef. Oh, also. yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know if that was like new news or just newly reported news. I'm not sure which. Um, but if none of those options are good enough for you, you also have Kelly Ubre, who, who tweeted that uh, Postmates delivers to the <laughs> bubble. Oh <laughs> my gosh! So you can always count on that as well.
5: Thanks, Kelly.
3: I, <laughs> guys, I'm excited for basketball, but I am so worried that the bubble is going to burst so quickly. How is that safe? Yeah. Like, they're they're calling in, you know, DoorDash and Grubhub, and then... Instagram uh, models. Justin, Justin, I know you're about to touch on this, but <laughs> we got somebody in the bubble trying to get a booty call. That's
2: a bad euphemism. Please don't say touch on this. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, a tweet this afternoon. Um... From a woman who alleged that she had already been invited to the bubble. And if this is true, which it definitely seems like it is, probably doesn't bode well for the bubble yeah. um, not bursting. That I mean, that's dude, you're, you're bed, horny what, on like day six, three? Six days, right. Day three and you're You've already horny? They've already Ooh. got
4: premium subscriptions to cans.com yeah, That's
2: right. Just go chat <laughs> this, with the online model true. for free. Uh, <laughs> incredible, uh, honestly, uh. incredible. Um, moving on, we also had a nice little, uh, shotgun beer competition Phenomenal. between JJ Reddick and Myers Leonard. Yeah. Very proud. Awesome. Uh, did you guys yeah. see
3: the back and forth between JJ and Griff? No. Oh man. JJ said something, you know, like if you get the retweets, I'll shotgun the beer and Adrian Griffin, the, the GM of new Orleans tweeted at him and said, um is there a certain number of retweets to not make this happen? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> and Griff responded back, and or JJ responded back and said, don't worry, Griff, it's only 120 calories. That's and Griff fantastic. responded back and said, oh, I was worried it was a real beer. <laughs> so it was That's pretty awesome. good stuff, pretty good stuff back and forth, which I uh, obviously Griff is not down in the bubble with them. Um, so, But pretty good stuff, though. Was, uh, I, I enjoyed listening to that, or not listening, but reading their back and forth.
5: I, that was awesome. And then seeing Myers Leonard go in and, uh, shocking the course, you know, I, I gotta say pretty impressive too. um, short times. They still have it
2: Yeah, from the college. Yep. days, They're <laughs> they're hanging in there. Um, somebody <laughs> who, who was choosing a, a different, uh, adult beverage was Dwight Howard at the pool party. Um, I, I hesitate to call it a pool party because it was just Dwight Howard. Uh, at so the pool. do you think
3: nobody showed up to the pool party because everyone was inside watching the
2: UFC fights? I think that that could be part of it. I also, like, transparently, I am not cool, but I didn't know who any of those <laughs> DJs saying, were. Yeah, neither did I. I don't think they really cared I didn't know hear... if I was missing right. something. I was scared to admit it, but, like, I feel safe now. Like, I don't know who any of I those I kind of get the impression
5: that, like, those are the same DJs that they probably hire during the normal summertime at those locations when, like, guests and families are around. So they're Maybe probably they playing, should've... like, some, uh, some good old Pitbull and... Um... <laughs> The,
3: they should have sprung for
5: DJ. All the, the wedding songs, you know. You played the yeah, weddings. Yeah. Plus,
3: I'm sure it's not fun to go to
2: a pool party where it's just a whole bunch of dudes. Yeah, also fair. I will say that Dwight's Instagram live was incredible, and the the faces of the employees when <laughs> Dwight Howard walked up, like they were so excited. I <laughs> think, honestly, terrible. Brody's also excited. Bro- yeah, I was about to say Jesus. Bro- <laughs> Brody was excited for the pool party. Um, I felt kind of terrible for him. But I, I liked that Dwight Howard went up and and got a drink and you know gave him something to do a uh, a coconut colada I think it was yeah uh, could be worse drinking a coconut coconut colada that, was, in a bubble. that was, nice. it, like, was that was nice like that was really
5: cool he did that and then he like Instagrammed some like kid or whatever and just made like his entire year but then like wouldn't you think that one of the Lakers like teammates would want to go and hang out with Dwight like yeah man, I'll go check out the pool the, the pool party with you even though it's gonna be stupid like I have nothing better to do like I'm, not, I'm Sure, I'll give up a 30 minutes of Xbox to go and check out the pool.
2: <laughs> I think the, the UFC fights was a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I, I think that that's up. probably part of it. I think that's I didn't, fair. And then, yeah, going to a party fair. where,
3: I mean, obviously they're already horny, and it's day three. Oh, my gosh. So going to a pool party with no women probably didn't appeal to a lot of those guys. So. Going to
5: a pool party with uh, Dwight Howard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jesus,
2: Taylor. Um, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> Dwight gave us one look inside the bubble. Uh, a different side of things came from One Matisse. One look Deibel. inside
4: the bubble.
2: <laughs> okay, um, Matisse <laughs> gave us a different look at things. Matisse is apparently an influencer now. He shot and edited this kind of incredible oh, so ten-minute, really impressive. Like, yeah, it was. I watched it today. It's it's really good, man. Really good. Like better than a lot of NBA teams' social content. Yeah, he ta- talked about, or he had, included. and he had video
3: of him having to pick up Chick Fil A for everyone for the flight. <laughs> Yes. Um, You could tell it was the first time all of them had been together when they got on that flight. Uh, He and Tobias Harris were on the phone. Uh, Matisse was showing the the coronavirus swab that they had to get whenever they arrived. Really Um, cool
2: look at everything that goes on from... Like you said, the arrival to the testing to the room. He didn't
3: get the, silverware with his first meal, which <laughs> right. apparently was chicken, pasta, and some sort of soup, maybe? That was hilarious. Some sort of yes. sauce, He's like something like that. Picking up each
5: noodle with his fingers. He's like, who do yeah. I like call about this? And he FaceTimes somebody, like, uh, so what do I got to do to get a fork?
2: <laughs> That's good, man. Like, uh, what a great way to pass the time. But I, I'm just super impressed. Like I said, yep. like, he shot it, he edited it himself. Like, really cool. I hope he keeps it up. Does it make, I, I you, know make you even more upset oh. that the
3: Thunder passed on him on the draft?
2: A little bit. A little bit. Even though uh, we got Bazley. I was going to but I think I'm right. He's got it. a very good Mickey Mouse voice. Very good Mickey Mouse voice and uh, fantastic fishing entertainment. That was phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> well, you remember <laughs> uh,
3: the the preseason like get-together they always do? Yeah. And we got video of, of Bays fishing back then, too, didn't we? Yeah. I just said that in the most like redneck... Got a video of Baze fishing back then, too. Baze was
2: out back <laughs> fishing for catfish. Fishing
5: out there in Oklahoma.
2: Sound uh, like Boomhound. Bang on, Bays, there's Baze <laughs> fishing for catfish. I'll tell you what. <laughs> i tell you what. Between, uh, like, Bazeley's just such a goofball. Like, I love the fact that he's just he's literally just still a kid. Yes. Yeah. And I appreciate yep. that so much. Bazeley's
3: like, the age of the kids that I teach, man. That's right? He's crazy. It's
2: crazy. The, the videos of, like, back in the chef hat, the ground beef straight from the ground straight to, like, the, ground. the fishing and the Mickey Mouse impressions. Like, I love it. It's mm. so much and fun. And Baisley talking trash to Chris Paul saying, Le- leak sources say Chris Paul's nervous at
3: their <laughs> cornhole thing. Like, that's so much shit that we would say. That's so good. You know? So,
2: good. so great. I love it. Kind uh, of funny he said things. that, and then Woj got suspended, so. Yeah, RIP. On the other side of things, you have Ben Simmons. Uh, apparently... <laughs> Literally, like you you hear the phrase like you could throw a uh, basketball out of a boat and miss the water, you could throw a fish off a dock and miss the water if you're Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons literally. releases
5: fish with the wrong hand. Shout KOC.
3: <laughs> oh man, that, that so doesn't bad. give me much that hope that funny. that jump shot got any better over yeah. the break.
5: <laughs> but my favorite part
2: is like he's just sitting there, just kind of grinning. And that <laughs> fish
3: probably concussed
5: his yeah. Heck, man. <laughs>
2: I just love, mm. like, the amount of NBA players fishing right now has like got to be higher high than majority. it's ever okay. been before. Yeah. So I saw
5: a tweet. I, I might have shared it with you guys in our Slack, but um, so I, I can't even credit who who tweeted this out, and I wish I could. But basically they were saying, like, you know, um, every year uh, NBA on TNT does the whole gone fishing segment. Oh, right. Right? Like every time a team loses in the playoffs, they've gone fishing for the offseason. They're gone. They're out of the playoffs, and now it's going to be the opposite. It's like... It's going to be a picture of like a no Still more fishing, fishing and like yeah. basically putting up a, or whoever, you know, like putting up their fishing poles <laughs> because they're, they awesome. can't fish anymore.
2: Uh. So while many players have been uh, enjoying the outdoors in various ways, you also have PJ Tucker, who apparently had a what was it like a 65 inch TV delivered to his room on the first day of the bubble, which That's is funny. an incredible flex. I love it. Um, In addition to like 60 pairs of shoes, uh, he made a comment during his Zoom media availability today that between the shoes and the TV, there's not a lot of room left in his actual hotel room.
3: (laughs) Well, he's going to be spending a lot of time in that hotel room resting up after playing center every night.
2: (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, Very good point. Um, Hopefully, he is not the one who requested the booty call because yeah, because he's got the 65 inch TV for that premium subscription. <laughs> I was more concerned about the room, but oh, that that's fair too. Yeah.
5: So I didn't realize I was on mute when I was playing that video on my phone. I apologize, but <laughs> um, we have an update. Tobias Harris quote tweeted the Bleacher Report um video actually via the nba so the nba like tweet off this video of bobon and luca uh, practicing and like having a good time and laughing and all this stuff and bobon dunking on luca and uh, tobias quote tweets it and says i feel like y'all are just doing this to upset me now so the uh the, it, that's been a fun gag too within the bu- the bubbles the tobias bobon stuff like do you guys see that video that tobias posted on his instagram yes.
2: bobby and toby man bobby and toby forever So last, I I feel like we need uh, some predictions of, we mentioned the booty call. Uh, There's been some theories. Uh, Montrez Harrell followed the account in question of the girl who said she'd been invited to the bubble. He has since denied. Both parties have denied. Uh, There's also a a theory that Jared Dudley unfollowed her and blocked her right after the tweet. (laughs) Um, She also denies that as well. And then you had... um, Oh, who was uh, it? That Mo, Bamba. Mo Bamba tagged tagged Donovan Mitchell, and she said, oh, "I wish it was him." <laughs> so we have three players ruled out. But I want to know who you think it was. <laughs> Pipe it up, Jr. Smith. Oh what my is. God! Yes. yes. Okay, discussion over. I think that that is the answer. Maybe she
3: got no. See, I think what's more likely is she got two DMs within like thirty seconds of each other from Jr. and from Dion. <laughs> That seems more likely to me I think those are both fantastic guesses
4: I was gonna say J.R. Smith as well He just seems like the prime Candidate for something like this (laughs) He's
3: still got the same tagline Just you trying to get the pipe
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pipe it up Oh, man. God well, bless J. Well, That's all I got for the bubble. Very uh, good. Well, I, I look forward to what the next week has in store oh, for yeah. us. Oh, yeah.
3: Uh, I bet we're going to get a lot of good video game streaming from the bubble. True. Mm. So I'm excited for that. We already have some,
5: yeah.
3: Uh, all right. Well, as we get ready to log off of the podcast for the night, guys, um, just real quick, we have to mention Woj. Oh, my man. Uh, my man did what all of us want to do and told an elected official to F off. <laughs> Probably uh, did. Got, well, not what we wish we could do it's something that we do frequently but we our we don't voices don't carry yeah. the weight of Adrian Wojnarowski who is now the most prominent NBA reporter in the world suspended from his work right as the bubble opens up there i don't know if there could be worse timing for something it's crazy like That's have true. you have you guys ever had something be as poorly timed
4: as this <laughs> What is what is suspension like? I know he didn't get paid, but like, is he not allowed to tweet? Like, what does that entail for his job? I'm, I'm I assuming, assuming like he just can't do anything related with ESPN.
2: Yeah, or like the NBA probably can't. Probably. Yeah, probably. the NBA probably can't report on anything. I bet he's sitting on a treasure trove, just wishing he could hit send. My dream is that he creates a burner and tweets actual news, but just does it like super low key. Nobody knows it's him. It's not verified. Like, go full like barry mcauchaner and like just be a parody of adrian wojnarowski but it's actually adrian Wojnarowski.
4: yeah no he should do the burner and then whenever he's unsuspended go retweet all of those tweets and bring them God, to light and be f- like <laughs> <"That would> be <laughs> hey guys here's Terry all the shit that i her. was gonna report <laughs> the last two weeks and i did post it to, to timestamp it but Fantastic. nobody else could even get this kind of content
2: i really wish that Shams would have broken the news that Woj God, God, that, that would have been here. incredible. Um, that would have been I kind of
3: hope this this uh in the bubble at what what what's the actual at called again?
2: NBA Bubble Life. NBA I Bubble think.
3: Life. I hope that's I hope that's. That's Woj. Woj. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. I love it. So, NBA Bubble Life actually just tweeted they they're doing this every night now like a 2-minute video of like all all the highlights, highlights of the stuff yeah. they've got for the day.
2: So good. That's all I need in my life right now. So,
3: good stuff. All right, gentlemen. Well, what the? <laughs> I'm watching the video right now. It's pretty good. You guys should probably <laughs> go watch it.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh man! All right. Well, gentlemen. Any other thoughts before we log off for the pod for the night?
2: Bubble for life, fam.
3: Oh, I'm watching Darius Baisley reeling a fish right now and holding the fish and pull at his crotch, and it's incredible. <laughs>
2: All right, well, hey,
3: thank you guys so much for checking out The Uncontested. If this is your first time listening, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you are a longtime listener, man. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Make sure you drop that five-star rating wherever you're listening at. We'll be back Wednesday with the next edition of the Under the Bubble series where we are getting close to completion, guys. I think we have three weeks left. This Wednesday, next Wednesday, and then our solo Thunder Under the Bubble pod. So we're getting close. Hope you guys are ready for it. Make sure to check out betonline.ag. Use that promo code bluewire to get your sign-up bonus. And go to boomtownhoops.com. Check out all the stuff there because it's great, great content. And join the Discord channel. I'm telling you guys, the Discord channel is awesome. We are all in there every day, just chopping it up with everybody, talking hoops, uh, talking whatever. So jump in there, enjoy your time with us. It's a good way to Get all that Twitter interaction from from basketball, but not have to deal with like what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, all the awful anxiety and, and everything that comes with it. So make sure you do that as well. We will talk to you on Wednesday. Until then, have a great week. Wash your hands. Wear a mask, damn it. And we'll talk to you soon. Thunder up.